no mai hare mai. Welcome to Lumo Energy Reimagined, a podcast exploring the big ideas facing the future of energy in Aotearoa. In today's Korero we'll hear from two industry legends, John O'Brent, Executive Chair of Energy Academy and CE of In Your Corner, and Nigel Barbour, CEO of Orion, as they discuss the current barriers in the energy sector and potential solutions to overcoming them. Kia ora, Nigel. Kia ora, Jono. Today we get the chance to have a bit of a chat about the the capability challenge that we we think we have in our industry. Yeah. We shouldn't always start with that we have it. We think we have. Yeah. And I thought that you know you and I have been sort of chatting about this for quite a while. And I think before we even delve into that, though, I'd really know like to hear from you, like because because you're in this all the time. I'm only on looking mm. at it from the side. Is you know what what is what is even driving this in the industry? Like, what is this? What's happening in our industry that would shape the context to even have a conversation about capability? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you and I do talk about it all the time. Um, and look, if you stand back from it, the big macro driver, or McKinsey, we call it the mega trend, yep. is just decarbonisation. And the big lever everyone's pulling globally is electrification. So, renewable energy, uh, be it grid scale, be it distributed at the grid's edge is going to basically double to treble. Um, yeah. So adult trustee will do all the heavy lifting. In Aotearoa, uh, we're going to go from adult trustee today being about 25% of primary energy to sort of 80-plus-ish. Wow. Um, and in that context, most Kiwis will live their lives in 20 or 30 years without using any fuel other than electricity. That'll be it. That'll be the only thing you interact with so on a daily basis. out petrol, yeah. gas, all those things yeah. of which we, we just take for yeah, granted now it. as yeah. energy. It's funny, isn't it? Most people think energy yeah. is electricity, but energy is multifaceted. Yeah. And you think about that context, think about all the people today on those other energy supply chains yeah. who we're going to need to come across. Yeah. Because we can't get electricity to do it today. Today's system will not get us there. Yep. You know, that's it's really interesting, Nigel. Is it is it fair to put all arrows pointing at the energy sector? And is there a risk that everyone else goes, oh, I don't have to do anything, it's just the energy sector's job here? I'm just that's just more intrigue than anything. Is it fair? That's sort of a, a normative <laughs> not, not yeah, a, I suppose a normative a, question that's really hard to answer, but it's the most the se- obvious the sector's pathway. up to it, I think. Do and you? It, yeah, the sector's up to it. But the problem with the at a high level it's it's the you know the boards and CEOs, senior managers get it. It's an amazing opportunity, not without its challenges. Yeah, okay. But um, the issue in sort of bringing it back to capability and how we do it is we've sort of been talking about for a long time about we've got a whole lot of people retiring, we're yep. going to be skinny on staff numbers. Yeah. How do we do it? And we've got today's challenges blending in with the future. Yeah, that's right. And you and I talked about this. Yep. For years and years and years, we've sort of figured out ways of just incrementally solving the problem. Yeah, without having and, to change much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're trying to apply that incremental yeah. change method we've yep. perfected. And is the so if you think about the, the the taking that mega challenge down to the data of the industry, like as in because recently the amps have been released mm. for the next ten years. You know, lots of reports have been written. You know, the, what sort of magnitude of increase in investment are we likely to see in New Zealand? Is it a 50%, is it 100%, is it 30%? You know, what, in terms of like extra spend in our Loosely sector? Loosely doubling. Wow. Loosely. So if you look at 
I did some numbers myself the other day. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Never let a CEO lose on a spreadsheet. It's <laughs> no, terrifying. Right. No. But but I did, um, and, I, and somebody else did something similar. So I was, the numbers were basically the same, which is relief. Probably yeah. they could actually still run a spreadsheet. But fundamentally, it showed that if you took the big ten or so EDBs, took their current RAB and added their projected spend just from their public amps, yeah. basically everyone is between forty five and sixty percent up spending again in the next decade. Wow. So of our current asset bases as of today, we're going to spend 60%, 45 to 60% of that in the next 10 years. And is all that actual work? Or is it, you know, as in like, mm. is it labor-based work or is it big investment in systems, uh, processes and things like that? Like, do you have any sort of feel of like, if it's, you know, because it could easily be, oh, we're going to spend $100 million on IT systems and that doesn't require many people. Yeah. Or is that we're going to build more assets that require people. Do you have any gut feel on the spot? My sense on it was it was sort of 75 plus on physical assets. Okay, so that... More, more because accounting standards are taking anything IT yeah. out of CapEx these days yeah. and putting it into OpEx. Thank so, you to all the accountants out there. So, <laughs> 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 yeah. um, and so vis-a-vis, that's going to that's gonna turn into the need for more people, yeah. more skills, more capability. And as you said, so... The, I, and do you think that my assertion would be that everybody in the industry agrees that we're going to need more people? Yeah. So there's no... We're not arguing really about yeah. the, the, whether there's more people required. There's, there's probably less certainty about the gap that we're going to have, like as in you said before. So I think the stats that I've read somewhere along the lines of 20 odd percent of people are over 60. Yeah. So, and, and you could look at that as 20% of the capacity is leaving, but it's actually 20% multiplied by the 45 years experience they all have. So it's hundreds of thousands of years of experience going to leave our industry in the next five to 10 years. Um, so, and our ability, we've, like, as you said, probably what we have done in the past is go towards those levers we normally pull, like, how do we get more apprentices yeah, in? Yeah. How could we, could we use immigration? Yeah. Uh, you and I have talked about how could we, how could we manipulate the contract yep. market to incentivize yeah, people yeah. to come to my network versus come to yep. yours? And then the other one, of course, is that we've got uh, a whole sector going, we've got a problem and we should probably look at this individually. Yep. As in, you know, you're from Orion, Orion will have a plan and well, electricity will have a plan and Victor will have a plan and sometimes those plans are consistent, but often they are often quite individualized to the yep. region. But do you think that people, see, one of the things I've always been challenged by is the way in which people often see a capability gap is that the demand is flat and the supply is flat. So there's some sort of like parallel gap and all you need to do is put an injection to lift it up. But the way I probably look at it is that the, um, the demand is going up and the supply is going down, it actually creates an exponential gap. Yep. Which is actually quite confronting because the concept of exponential is every year you get doubly as far away as you were the year before. In yep. other words, it gets if you carry on doing the same, you actually get worse and then if you, it gets worse again and gets worse again. But there's such a pull, isn't there, to go, what's worked well for us in the past? How could we use that as a basis and just sort of do more of that? Is that what you see? Or what do you see in the way people are thinking about capability development in our sector? Um, well, I think your summary is pretty on the money. And you and I talked about it before. Yeah, yeah we all bring our own decision-making frameworks yep. to things. And sort of people have talked about capability gap for a long time. And 
as you summarised, those are the levers we've pulled them at each time they've worked in the past. They so, have worked in the so, past, haven't they? So, so it's like, learned, why don't do those again? Yeah, our learned experience is conditioned to that and yeah. collectively people hear, you know, this thing about exponential, but they're not, their learned experience sort of migrates against yeah. it. And I think that's our, our biggest problem. Look, oh, you're not everyone, you know, you look across Aotearoa, even across, you know, a lot of our peer countries. If, if it's not decarbonisation, it's resilience, you know, climate adaption yeah, as well. Yeah. There's a lot of money in people's amps that's going towards renewing aged assets yeah. that really can't cope with today's storms and yeah. weather events. So. Yeah, that's right. We've seen yeah. plenty of those. But you've been around the industry a long time. The concept of being short on capability, that's like a, not a new story, is it? Yeah. It's been, look, I've, what was it, 24? Five years. You must have started when you were a teenager. Not quite. Okay, sorry. Thank you for sorry. the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twenty-five years. Yeah, I think I probably heard it within two years of starting. So it's not like we're like new. Yeah. And so, and I've heard that a few times. Going, oh, I've been around long enough. Yeah. You know, the capability issue comes up every few years. We do a couple of tweaks, and it solves yeah. itself. Why is this different? Why is it different than what you've, ex- or is it? Is it different from what you've experienced before? I think. Oh, well. A one breath, it's not different because it, yeah. it is the yeah. same capability we're talking about. That's yep. just the short of. But the other breath, it's the it's the, the quantum of the gap. Right. Bigger. And the speed of which we have to yeah. solve it. Um, like as we can like, argue about the speed. Yeah, that's some, always going to be conjecture yeah. between the industry, yeah. isn't it? Like some might people say, we've got two years. Some might say, it's like climate change. Isn't yeah. it? Some people think we're already 20 years behind. Some people think we've still got... There was this great... Yeah. Um, oh, Boston Consulting Group did a report that's not not public domain one, but I have seen it. Um, and it was looking at the gap in Australia. Um, and it said they had two really telling lines. So the gap was TND is going to be short about a million workers. Sorry, TND. Oh, transmission, transmission distribution. distribution. Yep. Uh, that's globally and electric uh, and uh, the workforce for energy, electricity overall is going to be short 30 million. This is an international energy agency's own numbers are out there. People want to have a look at Thirty million. Thirty million. T and uh, transmission just be short of um, a, a, um, a million. But the other interesting thing was the conclusion of what we have to do to sort of for the whole transition is pull every lever absolutely as fast as we can. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think we're all quite over that. I think that's no. sort of you know we've got learned experience. It's yep. said we've dealt with it this way. And probably not all of us are quite that it's that urgent we have to pull every every lever as fast as we can. Yeah, I get that. So then you've got so so if we go back to our traditional methods, you know, I've been looking at this lately. Yeah. It's like things like so apprenticeships, you know, have always been a good lever. The, there's a couple of challenges I see with that. Is one is um, it's that you know it takes mm. time to get them from you know, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, know you've seen the apprenticeships. It's probably a good five to ten years before they are. Uh, building a skill base not that they can't do stuff from a start mm. but it's the skill base you need to replace someone yeah. who's leaving with 40 years of experience you yeah. don't replace it in a hurry second thing is of course is we're not the only industry that's looking for apprenticeships yep. you know in New Zealand alone ag sector multi-thousands of shortages nurses yeah. you know lawyers they're all whatever it might be um uh, and so, and I've heard some anecdotal evidence to suggest like even two or three years ago if you put an ad out for an apprentice you got 50 applications now it's like the numbers per application are dropping, and also too probably we've really struggled to get good diversity into that. Yep. You know, very underrepresented in females, Māori Pacifica, things like that it's in certain parts of the country, but particularly females right across the country. So, our, so our access. So, so apprenticeships are still a method, and I'd suggest um, we would 
you know, we'd, we'd mm. be madness not to continue on, but yep. not realize they're the panacea. Then we talk about immigration. And like I say, immigrate, the challenge with immigration is you've got to get people to come and live in New Zealand. Yep. Uh, we're not exactly a booming wage economy. You know, Australia are offering salaries often yep. significantly higher than ours. So if you're going to immigrate from somewhere else in the world and you've got a choice between the two, it's very easy to take a Qantas yep. flight right than a, yep. a New Zealand flight to the left. Um, and traditional areas of which New Zealanders would attract people from, from um, areas like South Africa or the Philippines and things like that, of course, they are. Everyone else is looking there too. Yep. You know, I can only imagine how many the American US need to be able to meet there. So, so our traditional method of going, we'll just go out to the world and attract them to beautiful old New Zealand might not necessarily be as easy. Still, we've got some attributes that other countries would love. So there's no doubt about that. So the Absolutely. third one, that contractor manipulation, which is a, the fun game of the, of, of EDBs in the past, which was, we'll incentivize contractors to come to my region at the expense of someone else's region. Works well unless you get an, if you have an undersupply of contractors, you can easily have create a arms race for resource and the price can go up quite rapidly if there is a competition for a lack of supply. So if demand exceeds mm. supply, then vis-a-vis, then prices tend to rise. So not great for networks in that respect. Which leaves us, I think, so none of those things, I don't reckon you'd ever turn any of those things off. No, but the real opportunity could come in the area of like, how would we grow the capability of what we currently have? And this is one thing I've, we've been looking at a little bit lately, you and I've chatted about this concept of worker portability, which is something yeah. I know that in big in the oil and gas industry in Australia, where instead of thinking they're my resources for my region, it's actually how do we grow the entire pool and then give them a space yeah. in which they can move around rapidly. Yeah. The challenge that that we've faced is if, we, if all of us are, how many EDBs are there? 24? 27. 27 EDBs in New Zealand have all designed their own individual way of growing skills and capability. Yep. The ability to port them from one yep. to another becomes incredibly difficult. And you have this sort of challenging situation where, say, your network, people are qualified to work on Orion's network, but they might not be qualified to work on Mainpower's network because yep. you guys assess skill differently, you, you develop pathways differently, you've got different ways of um, deeming competent. And so the worker who's, who has maybe latent capacity and a desire to work on other networks could be constrained by they can't. Yep. And then the other one, I've, you know, I remember when I was at my time at Kinetics, you know, the frustration of a worker who did sat in a course for eight hours at Orion learning about a thing. Five days later, they're working on another network and they had to do the same course, entry access course. 90% of it was exactly the same, but we had to sit through another eight hours. Yep. You can imagine both the lack of productivity, the cost, but also probably the motivation of the worker. So, so how, how do we shift from 27 EDBs trying to solve it themselves to a more collective approach? Because that's not an easy thing to do because, of course, all 27 of those have already got an established method. How, has there been examples in your time where, where EDBs have joined forces together and gone, let's do something more like as an industry than ourselves. Is that a common thing for our industry or is it a challenge or is it? We have, but it's tough. Yeah. What it's, gets it's, in the way? What it's, do you the, it's, it's the sense of urgency okay. around it that makes yep. the difference. So the things that have worked in the past yep. generally have been, there is a genuine, people can see the burning platform. The fire, right. is, the fire is touching you. It's sort of, you've got a sense actually and we're better we better do it. <laughs> we better, this yeah. is sort of what you and I talked about before at the moment. Yeah. It's sort of people's learned experience of telling, yes, I've got a gap, 
but we've always solved it that way. So it doesn't quite seem urgent. So we've got this gap that the high yes. level, we can all see the numbers. Yep. But our own learned experience, and it's not, and I don't have any answer on how we recreate yes. the, the imminent threat of the burning platform across the place, because that's sort of what yep. we have to get to. It's funny, isn't it? You know, a lot yeah. of the work I, I do with a lot of companies yeah. now is, is that people only act from either a burning platform or a burning ambition. Those are the two things. Yeah. And you can imagine burning platform is a, it creates yeah. a faster... It's, yeah. And the real magic happens when you when you yep. join those things together. Yeah. Like there's enough burning platform and there's enough ambition and you create something that mm -hmm. comes from that. You're right. Probably the, one of the biggest challenges in the space of capability is, is that the the platform might be, have some embers and some mm. smouldering and everyone sort of acknowledges yeah. it, but it's not yet causing us to make a, shit, we better do something yeah, yeah. approach. And it leads to probably what could we do that we've done before, which will eke out. Look, there's no doubt, even if we amplified what we did now, you yeah. could probably eke out another 10%. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's, again, it's, it's incremental. It's, it's incremental. It's not order of magnitude. To generate 100% or yeah. 80 to 100, whatever the number is, it would be fair to say that we could probably declare that we're not going to get there in the way we're doing it. But there isn't sufficient challenge to change that yet. So vis-a-vis, so -vis what if, if you played forward a predictable future, is we'd have to wait until it got really bad before we might then change our way. Yep. But that's sort of like I, uh, I the problem. The problem I have with that is is that generally most things in in the world of when you have problems in business, you can generally solve with money. You can generally solve with getting your checkbook out, and yep. you can you can buy an IT system. The problem with capability is is you can't just solve it with money. It takes years of you know development of people. And that's the worry I have for the industry is, is that when it's when we finally recognise it as a burning platform and we go to do something, we're still ten years away from solving it. Yeah. It might be able to be solved if we were a bubble in New Zealand and we could just go and buy it from overseas. Then you could solve it with a checkbook. Because you just go to a go to Australia and go, Well double your wages and you can come mm. over here. Uh but I but of course their reaction will be, well, we need, so we'll just double it back. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you end up in a standoff on who's got a bigger checkbook, and I can't see us as a small nation in the middle of the South Pacific being able to fight that, win that war. The the work that the Energy Academy's doing, been doing, Nigel, which you know, I know you've been a huge supporter of us in doing so, is really looking at how how could we do things collectively as an industry, and what what just to be clear, what it isn't is about mm. destroying all the good stuff that's happening yep. now. It's not about that. You know, we all know that you've got to, we've got to amplify the number of apprentices. We've got to still do immigration. Yeah, there's yeah. probably going to still be some contractor man yep. maneuvering going on, things like that. And even some of the stuff that people are doing individually in skills pathway. But I think that what I think we've just said before, that the ability to make the magnitude of shift is going to require us to do something differently and probably do something collectively that we've never done before. Look, I, I absolutely agree. And one of the big pluses of collectivism, particularly in the electricity sector, because we are not particularly great at process. Yeah. If you took a globally rated lean business and let them loosen our processes, <laughs> they'd be appalled. <laughs> but one of the big advantages is it actually forces us to actually really confront our processes and actually get good. Now, you talk about this often, yeah. that you know it's not just about capability, creating extra capability, it's also about using the latent capacity within the capability. Absolutely. So yep. this is all the levers, and yep. actually that collectivism is, you know, we're all in the tent together. We're also bringing, pulling ourselves up in terms of our efficiency and effectiveness, 
yeah. using that latent capacity as well as creating new capacity. We do have to do it. I think you need we need yeah. both, don't we? And and you're right. And it's like I remember back in my connects days, and there'd be times of which you know every everyone in the um, in the east coast of South Island would all want to build a substation at the same time. Yeah. And, and whereas and then in April of every year there wasn't a substation being built anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like we've got. We'd have max capacity at one point of the year and, and yeah. oversupply at others. So how would we do that? And and I think it's it's easy to think, um, and this is one thing I've heard is, oh, but we compete for staff. But actually, you know, one of those examples I gave you, the oil and gas, you know, and the examples of Australia, they're the most highly competitive industry mm. we know and they're working together yeah. on capability. So if a highly competitive industry can do it, there's nothing stopping us. Yeah. But it's going to have to confront a few things like the way we've done things in the past and what we might what we might indicate is um, uh, that we are different in our area. Now, one thing that I just say is since I've been outside the industry looking in in my new capacity, the amount of times I've heard people say that they're different, now that I look at the outside looking in, there are very few differences. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but it's sort of something of our sort of protection state is like, but we're different from everyone yeah. else, so we couldn't be like everyone else. But actually, it's actually more there's different views of how you could achieve things. But actually, what you do is pretty similar, isn't yeah. it? No, it, it Region to region, asset to asset. Yeah, there's vagaries of you might use this kit and I use that kit, but it's still electrons moving in service of the customer coming from some sort of centralized generation system, you know, so it's not too dissimilar. But yeah, the biggest, well, you're right on this because the difference is just highlights that the biggest barriers are us. Yeah. Internally, it's us. The whole change process that goes around how do we, are we up? For changing how we do it today, the very incrementalist way that we but, do it, and that's not a that's not. I would say that's not a capability gap because you've done it when you need to. Mm. So it's not like you can't do it. Yeah. But you, but the industry sort of waits for it to be pulled from it, or put you know sort of pushed towards it rather than necessarily. Yeah, I think my my uh, um I I absolutely agree. My, I think I had a slightly complementary point to that, which was internally when we if we move to greater cooperation, collaboration on capability and standardization. We have to, in the, each of us, as the 27 EVs, have to confront the change internally. Yeah, okay. And that's the bit that's that not our easy. current incremental <laughs> yeah. approach has yeah. avoided. So we've got, we've got all these teams, yeah. we've all got our own teams yep. through training. They've invested some serious yeah. money into learning management systems, yep. assessment systems, yep. comments, you, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. And then they're the group. Actually, what the Energy Academy does is so... I would say lets them focus on doing better stuff, yep. getting even better at the really core bits that matter, and take some of the dross, for want of a better yeah. phrase, out of it, liberates them. Yeah. Um, but the challenge is that that change, the maturity of that discussion with those teams is really not there at the moment. No, and it's and it's a, yeah. and one thing that we've observed, the energy can is doing quite a bit of work with the you know the the institutions, the education yeah. providers here, workforce development councils, Tepuking and things like that. One of the their frustrations is that we don't put a united voice to them on yeah. what they need. So that because we we were guilty and I was guilty when I was in the industry uh, CEO of Connect is blaming them. Yeah. They're slow and difficult and yeah. they won't change and and if you go and say to them it's because 27 of you are coming to us with different requirements, different yeah. needs, different demands. I think if they knew that they had the collective voice of the industry going, this mm. is the system of which we want, yep. they would probably design, and that's where I think you know, definitely the Energy Academy can play a role, is we call ourselves the bridge between industry and tertiary. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not about the Energy Academy saying what we want, it's about 
finding a collective voice and then taking it to tertiary and going, tertiary, help us design this. But if we go individually to them, they're just going to bat us away and go, why would we change for one of you when the others yeah. don't want that and things like that. And so, and, and the other one that we're really interested in is probably this concept of um, the shift from historical view of quals to this more future view of skills. Yeah. And you think about it, what you're you're an engineer. No, what was you're a lawyer for start. Oh, I'm a law and economist. I can argue anything. Oh. It's all about the facts. <laughs> Just change my fact assumptions and I'm away. Any so, point. I never lose an argument, John. So you're never wrong. it's all about the facts. Yeah, okay, it's good to know. Well I'm a chartered accountant, so between us. Oh there you go, you just change your underlying core accounting assumptions for the year. It's numbers so between numbers us, never lie, it's the assumption. There's a big glass house we're sitting in here talking about the energy sector, isn't it? But but if you think about it like even if I think about my accounting degree, I learnt the theory. Yeah. And then I went to work and learned yeah. the skills. But none of those skills that I learnt have got any accreditation system to yeah. them. So when I say come to you and go, I'm a good accountant, how you know, as an employer, there's no it'll be great for you to know, okay, well there's thirty skills of which I'd expect you to have over your career and experience and skills. It'd be great to be able to be able to go, oh, I can see you've got twenty five of those and it's really clear there's five to go. Whereas it, my, I look at them and go, actually, the degree is the lowest portion of my knowledge now because of all the skills I've learned since mm. that time. But none of those skills have any currency, credibility, portability. Yep. And, and I don't want to go back and do another degree to prove the stuff of which I've learned. Yep. You know, you know, so so how, do, you know, how do skills portability is often also grounded in understanding skills. Uh, and how we how we both be, uh, assess those and badge those. The other thing I've heard a lot of feedback from people is like, uh, and this is people working in the sector is, where could I where could I go with my current skills? And you and you think about it like you get to a certain point, and I've got a certain set of skills. There's probably multiple pathways I could take. I yeah. could go become a better technician or a better uh, sorry a better um, you know trade, or I could become project manager or supervisor. Or I could go into a commercial space or. I, you know, who knows, I might be a CEO one day, but I don't know the skills pathway. And so one of the things I've seen in other sectors is the ability to be able to people see career pathways really well mapped out. Mm. Not necessarily in very linear. Yeah, it's yeah. more like, okay, if you've got these 30 skills, to do that job over there, you need another 20. So you need to, and I just see there's this great opportunity to be able to turn this way from this qual-based system to more of a skill-based system of which the industry can determine. I've got this vision that the idea that one day the industry will set their own qualifications. And I don't know if that's even, if it's madness or not, but <laughs> but the idea that actually when we think about what's a skilled practitioner in our industry, well, you could probably list all the skills they have. And then if you went and looked at the degree, it might not actually be a match. Hmm. So why could, or could we find a combination between you've got your, uh, you know, your NZQA level qual system and then an industry-based skill system that sits on top of it. I don't know what, if there is an answer, but these are some of the ideas I think that we probably need to traverse as an industry to get some consistency in skills pathways, consistency of what we, how we deem skills, how, we, how their portability, the ability for you and I to be able to uh, know what skills we have, what ones we need, you know, some sort of way of you know, redesigning professional development so people can be more in charge of their own Yep. development rather than waiting for a manager or someone to recognize and tell them what to go on next. And so I don't know that these are just ideas, but I think that there's no point. There's one thing is the energy Academy could sit on its own and do design these things and then try and convince everybody. Or the other alternative is how could we get enough people in the room to have a conversation about a, do we agree on the challenge? 
Do we agree on the magnitude of the gap? Do we agree on the speed of which we need to try and solve it? And then probably confront, if we carry on the way we are now, will, it, will we get mm. there or do we have to do something differently? It's only when I think that we confront that that we can then go, right, oh, what could we design? And rather than go, we have an answer to design back from, it's like, do you think people would want to get in the room and have that conversation? Is that, is that on the, on the, in the frontal, I think, part of the conversation? My sense is people are up for it, probably more up for it than any time in my 25 years. Um, but it's a difficult conversation because we're not all using the same language. Right. So your last five minutes where you talked about um, quals versus competency yeah. is really, it's, it just highlights yes. highlights the whole complexity of the conversation because it's very easy to sort of sit down. So look, great example, 10 years ago, a whole lot of us worked together said, look, we need to be clearer. We're not accepting employer licensing anymore. It's going to be employees will hold their own Yes, tickets, right. they'll yeah, be individually yeah. ticketed yep. and we'll align it with a qualification system and try to get unit standards that's right. for most yes. stuff. In the minds of most CEOs at the time and probably GM service delivery, uh, GM network, that was competency solved as well as quals. Right, yes. All we did was partly solve the quals though. Right. And it's only five or even probably as recently as last year that some have twigged on actually we never really solved the competency thing because we're all individually still doing our own assessments and none of them are really lined up we don't use the same assessment companies we use we've got our own yes. framework so people have got the same quals which we thought would lead to greater portability but they could but be assessed got, completely different yeah, which has yeah. meant that the capability hasn't been leveraged right and this is the challenge we've yep. got i think i think the on the positive timing is amazing yep people generally get it yep um yeah they will have their own views on speed the challenge is the language. Yes, a good. Yeah, yeah I get, it's totally. Really get difficult getting a common context of everything. Yeah. So we're then speaking, even just the, you, you, the people interchange competence, capability, skills. Oh, we all like, do. We all do. Like yeah. us, they're sort of all the same. It's just sprinkle a little fairy dust and confusion out there, and we'll get away with it. <laughs> but it is, it is, a, it is an interesting challenge in that we would have to get a common, common understanding of context, common understanding of what we mean, and then. You're right, and then be able to go. What are we solving? A quals problem? Yep. Are we solving a skills problem? Are yep. we solving a capability problem? And then we've also things like we've also got to probably challenge ourselves. The other one I probably is attraction. Yeah. What are we going to do as an industry to attract more people to our industry? Not just more people, more diversity. Yeah. You know, if we're only if we, you know, are only targeting or sorry or only securing a certain portion of our population, then we are missing out on the potential. For that could that could become so so uh, industry attraction is another one where we go okay do we all spend our own money which yep. is limited yep. trying to go come to my portion of it or do we combine that money and go come to the industry of which then has more people mm. but I think it was about a decade or so ago when the dairy industry was really big yep. probably two decades oh, I don't know how fifteen years ago for let's let's say. The dairy industry realised that it was needed to attract more people, but rather than each individual entity going, come mm. and work for my company, it says, come and join dairying. Yep. And if we lift the pool, we'll then have more to select from each. Yep. So, so may, our industry maybe even thinks like it needs to think like that. And you know, one of the things we've observed is, and it was one of the early on data points we got was, 
it's not like it, it's an industry that gets a lot of ear time that your your high school guidance counselor or your you know there's a you might be able to do metal work or woodwork or something like that but there's no energy so how could we help how do we help kids that are aged 8 to 15 embrace energy but also embrace it from it, what it can do for the world yep you know it's not all just about electrons and all that sort of stuff it's about you know, you've said at the start, decarbonisation, electrification, enabling communities, all those things, technology, everybody's into tech. And the energy sector is a big part in the play in that. So if you said to a, a, a kid the age 15, do you want to work with electrons? They might go, no. Do you want to save the planet? They'd be nearly mm. all in. So how do we get that industry attraction programme at that age rather than the traditional, we'll bang some adverts out for an apprenticeship? And and I, there's a frightful number. It's quite a, a stark percentage of people who work in this industry because their dad or their uncle or an, or a close friend of yep. work, worked in the industry. So that the attraction program is largely limited to the current participants. Yep. So that's another one I'd love to see the industry have a go at is like how could we as an industry attract people to our sector as a with a, as a collective pool. I don't know if that's even possible, but it would. It certainly could be an interesting way because, like I say, we're, if we're competing against other sectors, ag, hort, tourism, all those things that are going to be also in demand, yep. how do we create an attractive industry? So that's one there that I think that worthwhile. So, so what do we do from here, Nigel? Do we, do you and I just chat about it forever and give us an excuse to have a coffee every now and then to talk about it, or do we, or do we get people try and get people in a room to have a chat about it? What do you think no. we could do? Well, the two of us are absolutely. Converted. <laughs> That's right. Talking yeah. in the echo chamber is not going to solve anything. We do need to get the have the core more widely, um, but it's a challenge yep. to do because um, we're breaking down a lot of barriers on that. That even the language. Yep. I think it's doable. I think the timing's the best. Yep. But we just uh, but we just need to start probably with those that are seeing the challenge the most. The most at yep. the moment. Um, and you're right, maybe the starting point is, do we have a common interpretation of the challenge yeah. and a common set of language? Yep. Until we have that, we're all going to be speaking from a context that's maybe sort of aligned in words, but yeah. shaped from different... And the challenge when you talk to sort of CEOs, senior execs, is all, you know, the abstraction of information up to a certain level yep. means subtleties and nuances are often lost. Yes. Definitions are dropped... And sort of they'll go talk to their team. And of course, the problem is they've used capability in the general sense and they look at them and go, yeah, 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 right. And just roll over and yeah. all, all we've interpreted as means qualms. You're talking yeah. about qualms today. We're all sorted on qualms. <laughs> yeah, no, so no need to change that. So yeah, there yeah. is that. I think, um, but we do need to do it. And yeah. I think the challenge is if we don't, well, the reality is if we don't do it, we'll be done too. You look at the gap in Australia, you look at the gap in the US. Like it's 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 basically terrifying that you can, as a power systems engineer, you could get a job and never show up in the office and you come into the US. They're looking really? for so many staff today. You can get a never work. So they can employ never people come to here. the office contract. Yeah, they, they can employ people here. We're, we're not just competing against our peers in New Zealand, but yeah. in New Zealand. we're competing against the global thing. That's a so that's a, a that's a challenge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. no, yeah, trade your trade resource obviously used to yeah. be, has to be physically present, but your engineering resource yeah, doesn't can be anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. That's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. And that could be whipped we'll out from underneath point. you. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we'll lose this battle. They're spending so much. That's not going to be a war yeah, that yeah. drags out over a period of time. Our balance sheet, as you don't think, is not big enough. Okay. Now, when we're competing against GBPTY, which is yep. a new phrase I discovered for Great Britain the other day, they called it 
GBPTY. So it's, it's like New Zealand as an Bank, entity, but, yeah. yeah uh, I'm not sure what the US one is, but you're competing against basically North America. I think I read some frightening, and I don't quote me on yeah. the stat, but there's something like, and it's in the multi-trillions of dollars that the US are going to spend on decarbonizing yep. the energy sector. No. So when we say we're going to spend another, you know, 500 million, or I don't know what the actual number is, it's uh, the relativity is quite frightening, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Nigel, we've had a we've had a good chat today. Yeah. Don't so, say so, problem. Echo chamber is dangerous. Do you have one last thing you'd like to say, and then I'll sort of try and sum up what we're to from here, maybe from an energy category perspective. There is power in collective collaboration on yep. this, and we're not going to solve it. None of us will solve it by yep. ourselves. We're just. I think when you overlay the, the global shortfall uh, and everyone's doing the same thing, pulling the same lever, us being able to pull the traditional levers, yep. we've got to get it. So there's a bit of selling from myself and other CEOs to get our you know, boards and teams over that. And I think we're getting there as a group. Um, the next layers down on taking it from what we talked about yep. is this you know, amorphous blend of all these terms that effectively yep. allow the layers below to go, well, actually, I think they just mean that. I think we're going to be okay with that, but it's breaking it down for the next layers. Because yep. at the moment, as we talked about earlier, uh, you know, um, quals, capability, competency, skills, they all get blended yep. together. And engineer, yep. We need to be really specific about what we're solving at what step. Yep. Um, there are like-minded companies out there, and sometimes you just start... You, know, you you start the journey with those that um, are most that really want to really see the burning platform the closest, and others. Yeah. As long as it's sort of others are invited along, and you know yep. they generally, generally you come to it works for them. I think they'll come. I think that's yeah. what's probably going to be my last call of is a little bit of like, you know, you talk about let's create the coalition of the willing. So it's a little bit of if anything what we've said today resonates yeah. and want to be in you want yeah. to be in the middle of that conversation yeah. basically connect with us connect mm. with you you know yeah. you all the energy academy and um and really it's like let's let's rather than trying to say we've got an answer let's co-design from there yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than you're not coming together to because there's already an answer and do yeah. you want to be part of it it's actually come together because you see the same challenge yeah. and you recognize that if we did it together we could have a greater yeah. impact so so that so we'll be sharing these videos you and i will be over here yeah, we'll discuss it widely we'll uh, step outside our echo chamber and uh, and really just the next yep. step could be yeah how do we engage a conversation that that could yep. take us to the next level so nigel thank you as always well, it's uh it's always great to have your insights um and uh we'll look forward to seeing how what we can create cool excellent right. fantastic <laughs>